Hi everyone, Kara Welke with the Next Level Occupational Therapy Platform. Thank you so much for joining us. The Next Level Occupational Therapy Platform is a community of occupational therapy professionals committed to take occupational therapy to the next level. Um, today, I am excited as <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing Lisa Haverly. She is an occupational therapist and owner of the Rainbow Tree Therapies. Lisa has worked as an occupational therapist in the school setting since 1998. She has her master's degree in OT from St. Catharines in St. Paul, Minnesota, and a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology from the Augustana University in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I have to get a shout out because we're both Yay, from South Dakota. Dakota. <laughs> Um, Lisa's passion is working with children and supporting them in their development. Though Lisa has continued to serve children in the school setting, in 2013, she launched her first summer of therapeutic camps for children with and without learning needs. I mean, this is awesome, everyone. I'm so excited. Um, her current dream and business, Rainbow Tree Therapies, um, is in Wisconsin, and it came to fruition. Um, um, as I said, what year? 2013 is yep. when you started it. Yep. So she recently celebrated her seventh summer of camps. Lisa's passion for kids evolved from supporting children in school to having a strong desire to reconnect children with nature spaces and to bring back a focus on play as a fundamental requirement for development. Nature and the outdoors is the perfect stress-free environment where kids can be encouraged to not only discover the wonder of nature, but develop lifelong skills. She is grateful for children she continues to learn from. She is honored to support them in development and recognize them as a gift to the world. And she looks forward to seeing what the future holds for Rainbow Tree as she is actually working on um, expanding her services and supports for children and families. So. Thank you so much for being here. So excited. Tell us everything you can about your current business and these summer camps. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity, Kara. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we just celebrated our seventh summer, which is like crazy to believe. Um, I grew from starting with three camps to now eight camps. Um, they're all um, a week long, most of them. Um, and only a half a day, and the focus kind of um, is camp dependent, but I range from just motor um, coordination and actually speech and language focus um, to more psychosocial focus, bringing in the kind of the mind-body connection, um, supporting kids with stress management, those kind of things. So it's a range of camps. Um, I'm trying to think what else I can say about my camps. It's open to all children, really. It's not just focused on children with unique learning needs or special needs. Um, I have an integration of what would be considered more typical developing children with kids who have learning challenges, and I have found that to be just a fabulous integration um, and great learning for, for all children then. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, I have camps that have more of a rhythm kind of component. So I have drumming camps that happen. Um, I have a camp called um, self-care, which more self-care is about self-awareness. And like I said, the psychosocial kind of um, stress management tools for kids nowadays that have anxiety. Um, so that's kind of what we've been working on. And um, 
And right now, actually this week, I am launching more of a focus on private practice. And so seeing what that kind of entails and supporting kids more in small group or individually um, with therapeutic goals and the assessment and that whole thing. So that's where I'm yeah. at today. That's awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about like your camps. They're one week long? Most of them, yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. And how many do you usually have at a time in your camp? Yes. Um, you know, I cap it between 10 and 12. Um, that for me feels like a manageable number. And I really hold true to making it feel like an intimate kind of camp experience. So not large numbers of um, campers. And my ratio is three campers to every one adult, if not more so. Um, I have some fabulous speech and language pathologists who work with me. And then I have, you know, an abundance of volunteers. And so um, I have a, a very awesome ratio of adult support. Um, so did I answer your question about how many? Yep. Yeah, about 10 yeah. to 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you said you have speech language pathologists that are with you doing the camp as well? I do. Um, okay. And OTs as well. But my colleagues, the speech and language pathologists, Michelle and Rachel, they have been with me from the start. And so um, that's one of my tips is to surround yourself with wonderful people who believe in your passion and your dreams. But um, yes, and so they're kind of my, you know, always present people for the most part. And then I have volunteers from St. Kate's and other um, OT programs. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to need to get some OTA students sent your way to volunteer. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and you said you do a half a day. Can you mm -hmm. walk us through like a morning routine of one of your camps? Sure. Our camps are definitely a combination of guided activities. And then we always try to provide some free play, um, some self-guided um, play. But so the campers arrive and we do an opening kind of talking about what our day is going to look like. Um, and then how I like to do it is we have stations. And so we, like two or three campers per station and the stations all have a different focus. It might be a, a language um, focus. It might be a motor focus, either gross or fine motor. Um, I have a camp where we have animals. And so there might be some therapeutic horse riding. There might be just an interaction with a different kind of animal like a therapy dog. Um, that might be one station. Um, so we, I, I have stations and then from stations, it might be snack time. And then from snack time, it might be free play. There's usually a musical component um, for rhythm um, and all the pieces that come with um, exposure to music. And then we usually wrap up. Um, I'm big into mindfulness and meditation. And so we try to close our camps with something um, mindful. Um, I do have camps that are kind of, you know, geared a lot towards mindfulness and meditation, but I always try to kind of start with a bang and then we kind of bring it back down. And that's just a part of teaching kind of those self-regulation skills too. So, yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts. One, I'd love my kids to come to this camp. Two, I'd love to do something like this as well. And as if yeah. I don't have anything going on, but what <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what ages? Yeah. For the um, I usually typically say age four through about 14. And so on my camps, I have age ranges, and that seems to have worked really well to have kind of a range of um, campers for ages. Um, you know, if I'm doing higher level concepts, obviously that's gonna be 
older campers, especially for the mindfulness piece and really teaching kind of specific tools and strategies on how you can keep a calm body or how you can regain focus or manage your stress. And so that's definitely for the upper ages. Um, but for, you know, I've done some three-year-old camps too. So kind of three to 14 is my age. Okay. Rate. And like when you do a camp, you might have kids from three to 14 all there, or do you do one camp specifically yeah. for like the three-year-olds, one for the certain ages? Yeah. And so if I'm doing a four-year-old camp, it's usually like a four to six and then, okay. Um, or four to seven and because I do handwriting camps too and so that might be broken down a little bit even smaller like four and five year olds six and seven year olds because really development needs to kind of be there to support writing and you know I'm not going to have a 12 year old doing you know uppercase letters so right yeah yeah okay so it is okay. it is geared towards specific age ranges but not the whole gamut typically right no. right no. Okay, so this handwriting camp, that's a great idea too. Yeah, um, yeah. So the whole week is focused on handwriting? It is, it is. And so how I tend to do that is, you know, what's kind of missing out there is the whole idea that we need our bodies to be developed to be able to write. And so it's a big part of core strength and fine motor skills and then multi-sensory learning of writing. So the actual using a pencil is maybe the last 10 to 15 minutes of the camp. Everything else is working on preparing our bodies to be able to write and learning how to write the letter in a more fun way and, and then using the pencils at the very end. Just because I, I want it to be fun because it's a camp too, but um, writing can be very stressful. And so yep. I try to make it fun and engaging and it's been well received. So yeah, that's a fun one. Awesome. So where do you hold these camps at? Yeah. Right now they're in my backyard. And if I like okay. turn my computer, you could see outdoors, but I don't have great cell reception or, e or internet. So I couldn't do it outside. So right now that is where I'm at, believe it or not, on my less than five acres. So yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty <laughs> awesome though, that you can have it there. And yeah. you do the horse riding there too, or the- No. And oh. so, um, my husband just built me some lean-tos and some fencing, and now we have a couple sheep, and I'm boarding my friend's horse, Eclipse, and so, yeah, here we go. It's all happening right here, right now, so. Oh, um, how, um, as far as, do you have kids come to multiple camps this summer, or how does I that do. work? I do. Okay. It's been amazing. It's been so well-received. I've had campers that have been with me since 2013. It's, okay. So, and I have campers that come to multiple camps, which is fabulous. And I've actually increased the age so that I can keep my campers that have been coming because they're such wonderful, they, they see the value and I appreciate that so much. So I will provide for them as long as their children. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, do you have morning and afternoon sessions? I, this summer for the first time I've had to do morning and afternoon um, just because there's only so many weeks in the summer and there's been some demand and I've kind of shifted things a little bit as I've, you know, just taken notice of what works and what might not be working. And so my self-awareness camp, I actually split to um, girls and boys just because their needs are a little bit different. Um, and so I, I do have morning and afternoon, but historically it's been primarily morning and then I spend the rest of the day prepping and preparing for the next day. But um, yeah, so morning and afternoon if I need to do, if I need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
have you ever thought about doing these camps year round? I mean, I yeah. know in the school you can't, but like after school hour camps or something? That, you know, I'm looking at that now. So my camps in the fall and the winter and the spring have been looked more like retreats. And so I'll do like a Saturday, you know, four or five hour retreat um, with similar focuses. Um, and so I've done that, but I haven't done the week long camp during the school year, but that might be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Or like an after school, yeah. you know, like 3.30 to 4.30 or 5.30 or something instead of... Yeah. Gosh, or holiday over the holiday break. Or over the holiday. Yeah, yeah. I thought of that. So love we'll, see if, we'll see if that comes. Yeah. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about um, as far as payment. How yeah. do, does it, uh, obviously it's for the week long. Um, yep. How much do you usually charge or what's kind of your range? Um, it is a range depending on the level of support that I need to bring in to make the camp happen and the amount of services I'm providing. So if I'm bringing in somebody to do um, horse riding or a therapy dog, um, then there's a little more expense involved. Or if I have to have more professionals on board. And so that's kind of what I base my fees on and it's a cash based. And so I have a website, they can go on, they click and they can purchase the camp. Um, and then they'll get sent a registration form where they have, a, you know, forms to fill out for liability purposes, just understanding the details of camp. Um, and so my camps range, I would say there's a range, just be, depending on the number of hours. But like if I were to figure out hourly, anywhere from 20 to $30 per hour of camp. Right. So yep. like my Find Your Rhythm camp, which is a very popular camp, which I had to split for AM and PM because of high numbers, is like three seventy-five for a day for okay. fifteen hours of therapy time. Okay, so, that's awesome. Yeah, and, that's part of the thing. And you said you have um, like a ratio of three to one, mm -hmm. so usually have like four of you at the camp and then volunteers on top of that or two of you or do people kind of come and go through the week? Um, anywhere from two to four professional staff, uh, meaning either an OT or a speech and language pathologist depending on the camp. Um, we had a written language camp which focused more on the process of writing and so I had a speech therapist who kind of led that camp and I was more of the support for that one. Um, but anywhere from two to four professionals and then everybody else is kind of volunteer. Okay. Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And works really well. So yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, I love absolutely everything about this. This is really exciting. Cool. Okay. So let's jump back in time. When yeah. did this idea first come to you? When did you first start thinking about this? Yeah. So I have worked in the school setting for a long time, um, which I have loved that job. But there was a point, 2012, that I was like, we're taking away play. We're taking away kind of knowing what is developmentally appropriate for kids. And so, and it was frustrating for me. And I was like, I want to provide something for kids um, outside of school that brings that all back. And so that was my first, like, what can I do? And so we cleared Buckthorn, we started just preparing the winter of 2012, and I said, I'm gonna do this, and it's gonna be fun therapeutic camps, and we are gonna focus on play and developmental skills. And let's do it, and then it, and then it happened. It just happened because I made the decision. 
I want to do it. Let's That's see. That's good. And I didn't have, you know, really high expectations, but I was up for the challenge and I thought, we'll just see what happens. And if it's a no-go, it's a no-go. But And I, I love that. And I think yeah. so many people are stuck. They have these ideas, but they're just yeah. too scared to take that next step or where do they go? How to, what to do? And you just got to do it. You just got to take action. You just have to take action. That's, that's yeah. right. And know that if it, if it doesn't work out, I mean, that's okay too. Or you just kind of have to tweak it a bit, right? And learn right. from things that come your way or the feedback you get um, because it is a fair amount of work. And so you can't go into it thinking it's all going to be perfect. Yes. You know, there are challenges along the way, but you, you work with them and, and learn from it and grow. So. Yeah. And that's exactly a lot of people, you know, I mean, it's, you have to be honest. It, it, it is a lot of work to start your yeah. own business, but it's mm -hmm. so rewarding and valuable once you do. Yes. Um, and I also love, we teach everyone that you learn from mistakes. So if it doesn't work, you're going to change and modify and improve for the next time. So. Right on. That's oh, right. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So what, thinking about that journey, what five main tips would you have to share with people that are wanting to start their own business? Yeah. Oh, surround yourself with colleagues, professionals, you know, your family. I mean, they kind of all have to be on board and there to support you and encourage you and be helpful, um, that's number one. And so I think without the support of my immediate family and my boys were real little when I started, but they got to be campers, so that was kind of cool. Um, but my husband has been super helpful and, and encouraging, and he helped me set up this technology today because I was like, I don't know how to do this. Um, so surround yourself with great people that um, see your vision, believe in your vision, and are there to support you, number one. Um, number two, when you have your mission statement, and I have done this now because it's valuable, is to revisit your purpose and revisit your mission statement. Know what you initially had in your mind and what you wanted to provide. Because I felt like along the way you can be pulled in different directions and then you're just like, okay, what am I doing? And then you start feeling overwhelmed. So go back and revisit your mission. What is it that I wanted to provide? Am I doing that? Um, and then make decisions from that. Um, number three, establish those efficient business processes, which I know Kara has a whole list. What <laughs> group? Awesome. Share it I today. I didn't have that all, but I mean, that is a great, great resource um, because the more business processes you have in place, the easier everything will be too. Um, so if you don't know that list, ask Kara. <laughs> she has it and it's, you know, your Facebook group, Kara, is amazing. It's been awesome. So, thank you. Thank well, you for that. It goes um, back to your number one. Um, we need to have a community of us supporting each other. And yes. the more people know what people like you are doing, the more they get motivated and we can help each other. And, and that is take so the true. Level, so. so true. Uh, what's my fourth one? Don't be afraid to ask for support. So that just lends to what you just said. Um, you know, I'm kind of an independent person, you know, and way back thought I had to have it all figured out and on my own, but you know, that's not true. <laughs> we, that's why we have other people in our life. So it's okay to ask for help, um, to seek clarity and to try to figure it out with the help of others. It is okay to do that. Um, you can still be confident and, and make your own decisions, but seeking advice is okay too. 
Um, and the final thing, and this just goes to more when you're working with your clients or who your people out there that are coming to you, I don't think you can over communicate. Um, I have learned that, that A, they don't really know what we do when we, they don't know the value that we bring to them. And so the more you can communicate that, I think the more people will feel comfortable with you and confident in what you can bring to them or to their families or to their child. Um, so communication and clarity and communication with, um, yeah, your market out there, I think. Well, and plus, I mean, since you've, you keep expanding with number of camps, that communication with clients builds your, you're serving your clients and then they're obviously spreading the word. Right. Exactly. To other people to bring you more and more clients. So. Yeah. Yes. And I'm so appreciative of that. Um, yeah. I do do like a seasonal, sometimes more often newsletter where I'm, providing tips. And so, you know, I'm giving out information too. Um, so that's just another way to kind of communicate as I yep. letters, but yeah. Okay. So those are fabulous tips. Every single one of them, everyone write those down. Um, I'm kind of interested and you don't have to share if you don't want, but can you, would you be interested in telling us what you're kind of looking at and expanding to, or is that kind of a secret? No, yeah. it's not a secret. Um, you know, so my therapeutic camps, I'm, it's not really, it's kind of more enrichment therapeutically because I can't call it therapy, um, because that would be unethical. And so I would really like to kind of transition to, can I do therapy outdoors in nature year round, either one-on-one -on -one or even in a small group, because I really believe in the power of peers. And so I don't want to let that part go. Um, but with that would become, you know, evaluation, setting up goals with families, um, tracking progress, all of that, that would come with that. And so that's kind of my next step and probably hiring someone. So, yeah. So, well, that's my next and, that, and that's awesome because you have the clientele built in a way, or you have that, all yes. those people that you already serve and you can kind of take them to the next level to give that one-on-one -on -one treatment. Yes. So. That's my hope. So we'll see what happens. And would you um, offer that just out of your home or, and then use the nature at your place? Or are you looking at a clinic or, or are you looking at just mm -hmm. doing it around your community? Um, I think I would start at my home property, but I have other ideas too that I'm not willing to share yet because nothing yep. has come to fruition quite yet. But um, <laughs> I do have other ideas about different, a different location. But uh -huh. that's, that's okay. top secret right now. <laughs> right, right. So oh. to start with, it would be here and it would be outside. And of course, I live in Wisconsin. So um, that means snow and cold temperatures. But um, I think it's doable. And I do have an ex, you know, outbuilding space that's heated. And so we can navigate. We can make it work. But snow is powerful. So, you know, it's yep. powerful, the appropriate septic system, tactile system. So it's, it's a good thing. You just have to dress for the weather. So I know you just can't be a wimp like me, um, <laughs> but it is so good. Once you get out there and everything you do playing in the snow and, and I don't know, our kids are not out and about as much as they should be. So. Yeah. Nope. Nobody's kids are anymore, but yeah, I'm going to bring that back. Yeah. Yeah. I love absolutely everything about this. This is so exciting. Um, I was telling Lisa before we started with the interview that one of my students, um, Taylor Beatty, I'll give a shout out to her, way back, gosh, I don't know, four or five years ago, um, 
she did her research project on therapeutic camps. Um, and I so wish we would have known you at the time because it would have been perfect. And she actually um, is, lives in many, you know, around Minnesota in Minneapolis oh. area, I think, but um, awesome. If you need a, I, I was just saying, you know, she's um, currently getting her master's degree um, in OT. She's a COTA right. currently, but okay. yeah, I'm going to send her your way. So that would Yay. be an awesome, awesome connection there. So for sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and I am so excited to continue to learn more and I love everything you're doing. So All you right. have a fantastic day. Thank you, Kara. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Occupational Therapy podcast. Be sure you check out the Next Level Occupational Therapy Facebook page to keep up to date on all the new happenings.